Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today on the show, we're going to be breaking down this week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, which featured a performance by PK that I've been waiting for someone on screen to give us. Finally, that man shuffled in front of the red light and said all the things that we've been shouting at the screen from home. Uh, PK! PK! Ah, the things he was saying was making so much sense when he was talking to Dorit about Bamboozled Jane. So we're going to break down that whole episode. Also, briefly, we got to talk about The Real Houses of Salt Lake City, which returns on Sunday for the premiere of Season 2. The taglines for the women were just released. I do want to break these down quickly. So let's take a quick listen to The Real Houses of Salt Lake City taglines. And then we also got to talk about that opening two minutes, which was released. Anyway, listen to the taglines first. The only thing I'm guilty of is being shamazing. In a town of beauties and beasts, there is only one Wild Rose. You don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. I have plenty of everything, including opinions. I may be known for my ice, but I always bring the heat. If you come for me, I will send Jesus after you. I was raised a Mormon, but now I'm raising a glass of champagne. All right, who else got chills when they heard Jen Shah say shamazing in her tagline? I couldn't believe she did it, you guys. Goosebumps, serotonin levels. I mean, I couldn't believe shamazing. She added it to the tagline. During the season where she's all under investigation, we know that the feds come after her in the middle of the filming situation. I could not believe that she said the only thing she's guilty of is being shamazing. And you know we're going to get a lot of shower work. We're going to get a lot of... We got the shot taglines. We got the shamazing. There's going to be the charest later in the season. I mean, it's a lot going to be going on with the shot work happening. I just can feel it in my bones. And then Mary, Sister Mary is sending Jesus after all of us. Sister Mary, she said, if you come for me, I'm going to send Jesus for you. And I don't know if Jesus knows that he's coming after people, but, you know, Jesus is involved in the housewives. And to be honest with you, I feel like Jesus has other things he needs to worry about. I'm not sure if Mary knows that. Mary, did you know? <laughs> I don't know if Mary knows that Jesus got other things he's got to worry about, let alone uh, fighting Mary's battles with the other women on the Real Houses of Salt Lake City errant on Bravo Sunday nights. I mean, I don't even think that Jesus is a fan of these shows. I'll be quite honest with you guys. I don't think that he's sitting down and watching. Maybe he tunes into Potomac every once in a while, but I don't think Jesus up above is really all that interested in what Meredith Marks is doing on the Salt Lake City Housewives. But here here comes Mary just using his name and saying she's going to send Jesus after you. And I hope Mary doesn't send Jesus after me for saying this. I'm nervous. You know, I have a relationship with that man upstairs. I don't know if I need him coming after me because I'm talking shit about Mary's tagline. I just don't know that he needed to be brought into this Bravo cinematic universe. Do you get what I mean? It's just like he's he's been through enough, too. I mean, that man, Jesus has been through quite a bit. 
So I just don't think that we need to involve him. But Mary did. Mary did. It's going to be a good season. I don't know if you guys saw. They released the first like two minutes or the first two or three minutes of the episode of the premiere. And you can see Jen Shah. I don't want to spoil it. It's all online. So I think it's already technically been spoiled. We're going to break it down when we start recapping Salt Lake City starting Sundays. But just know that it opens so explosively. There were a lot of rumors going around that maybe they didn't have the arrest on film, uh, but we do sort of see the the build up to it and it opens so good. And I saw the episode, you guys. It's amazing. It's amazing. I think Salt Lake City is going to deliver in a way that uh, we can only dream of. And I loved season one of the Salt Lake City Housewives. So now, knowing that we got this whole legal situation, and by the way, I do think Bravo is benefiting from all of these legal situations. And I would imagine Bravo HQ, you know, they probably have a PA somewhere calling the feds trying to get them on location to some of these other housewives that are maybe flopping a little bit. They canceled Dallas, but I could imagine a Bravo PA calling the Orange County feds and saying, hey, Emily Simpson's going to be doing goat yoga in Cota de Casa. She killed a man. Why don't you go figure it out? And they're sending the feds. I'm not saying that Emily Simpson killed a man. I'm just saying that, you know, the Bravo people are probably trying to make that a thing, calling them up, trying to get them to come while they're filming one of the scenes, you know, doing a goat yoga or something. They probably want the FBI to show up, arrest Emily Simpson. And they probably think they'll figure it out later. Again, I'm not saying Emily Simpson did kill a man. I'm just saying, I can just imagine they're making up rumors because that's what's making good TV these days on Beverly Hills Housewives and then coming on Salt Lake City Housewives. We got so much going on. It's the era of law and order. I got to say, you guys, I normally record this little production secret for everything iconic. I typically record very early in the morning after I have my coffee. And now... I'm recording pretty late in the evening, actually. So I never record this late. So uh, to account for the late recording, I had to perk myself up. So I'm looking in the fridge and I didn't want to have a coffee because the coffee would have made me nuts. So I'm looking in the fridge and we don't normally keep sodas and pop in the house, but we did have one stray Dr. Pepper, zero sugar. And so I grabbed that out of the, the drawer of the fridge and I drank it and I should have probably had a coffee because this Dr. Pepper's make me a little nuts, <laughs> a little nuts. So anyway, if I seem uh, if I seem nuts, that's why I blame Doctor Doctor Pepper. Okay, so the Real House is Beverly Hills, you guys. I didn't know what was coming this week because last week we didn't get a preview. They didn't show us nothing. At the end of the episode, it didn't say coming up next week, and I don't even think they released a preview. You know, beforehand, I think they might have released a scene between Garcelle and Rena, but they pretty much didn't tell us what we were getting ourselves into. So I was nervous. I thought either that's going to be a really good episode or a really shitty one. I, I think it leaned more towards good. I thought it was a great episode, actually. But I was nervous we were going to get a bad one or something because we didn't get any scenes. We open on Kathy's dinner party. Erica just shouted, would you like to get sued? Would you like to get sued? You know, she's, I mean, she was threatening Sutton with the suing. I'm like, come on, you need to cool it. Erica says Tom will sue Sutton. Then in the confessional, she's like, she, uh, he, someone will come after you. And Sutton's like, all I asked was like, the story doesn't line up. And, and by the way, at the end of the episode, we see the coming attraction for next week when Erica's giving some other story that makes no fucking sense. Did you guys see this? I'm sorry to skip ahead, but we need to just briefly touch on the coming attractions for next week. When Erica said Tom's house was broken into, he confronted the burglar and then they needed eye surgery. My son had to go help. He rolled his car five times on the way home. So yeah, I'm under a lot of stress. That's what she says in the preview for next week. None of that makes any fucking sense. 
I'm sorry to say it makes no fucking sense. Neither did that whole story about Tom uh, and the tree and the ankle situation. That didn't make a fucking lick of sense either. And she's just giving us these stories, and these women are all believing them. And I'll be honest, I believe some of it too. I was being boozled along the way at times myself. But now I'm hearing the story, and I'm thinking, woman, do you know that you're mic'd? <laughs> lady, lady, do you know that you're mic'd? And you're telling these stories that don't make any fucking sense. And we're all just supposed to accept it. I'll, I'll tell you what, you guys. I need some of the other housewives from the other franchises to come on to this uh, show because I feel like the Beverly Hills housewives are very afraid of Erica in a lot of ways. And I was thinking about like who I'd want to come on. And of course, our Potomac gals I think would do great. I think a Megan King Edmonds coming on board would be great. Uh, and then I was thinking of Atlanta. And obviously, Kenya's the great choice. I mean, Kenya, she's the messiest of them all. But what got me so excited was today it was announced that Kenya's going to be on Dancing with the Stars on ABC. And I'm so thrilled because that means she's going to be doing press. I think Dancing with the Stars starts very soonish. And that means Kenya Moore from The Real House of Atlanta is going to be doing press at uh, the climax of this season of The Real House of Beverly Hills and at the start of The Real House of Salt Lake City, which means interviewers everywhere are going to be asking her about all of these court cases, and I can't wait. Because Kenya's going to be doing some messy press tours for that dancing show. Yeah, I'm excited. So, you know, I wish we could put Kenya on this franchise, but in the meantime, I'm going to be praising Mary's Jesus for the fact that Kenya's going to be doing press for Dancing with the Stars. I'm very excited about that. Anyway, where were we? Oh, Erica's doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and the whole thing when she was saying about someone's going to sue Sutton, I was like, that doesn't even make any fucking sense either. And Dorit's like shouting at her. She's like, Erica, we didn't ask to be in this. We didn't ask to be in this. She's just shouting in the corner. I was finally getting excited that Dorit was getting engaged. And Erica was making it seem like anyone who had any questions about this whole thing was going to be sued. And I do believe, I don't, I don't know this to be true. This could be a rumor. I, again, don't have any way to back this up. But I thought that the cast members on these shows, it's part of their contracts that they're not allowed to sue other cast members. Did anyone else hear that? It could be a rumor, so don't quote me on it. But I thought at some point they had trouble where there was like cast members suing each other. So they, it was a rumor that they put it in the contract so they wouldn't do it anymore. So it's like, I don't think anyone's going to be suing. Not to mention, I, uh, no one's asking any questions that are out of the ordinary. But Kyle just kept saying, look, that's what's making people uh, want to question the situation. Like, you're giving credence to what Sutton's saying. And meanwhile, Kath is like, everybody just needs to calm down. Kath is worried about Patrick, too. Patrick's just staring off in the distance. Felt bad for him. Rena's drunk. Kath was excited, though, I will say, about the souffle. She said, nobody's going to get that fallen souffle in the kitchen. And she says, that's going to be more leftovers for me. And I I feel that. I feel that. Anyway, then uh, they're all saying, like, you're threatening Sutton. And Erica's like, no, it's a promise. It's a promise. And Sutton's like, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm done. She's storming out. And Garcelle and Kathy, they did chase after Sutton, which I appreciated. But when they did, Rinna went up to Erica and was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Drunk Rinna, she said she didn't remember anything from that night. You guys, that was all bullshit. It's a bag of bullshit. <laughs> Sorry if you believed what Rena was saying in the later scene in the episode when she said that uh, she didn't remember anything. When she went over to Garcelle, she's like, what happened? It was like, Rena, you know exactly what happened. You just are pretending not to know because you don't want to have to go against your buddy Erica, Bamboozle Jane. 
I mean, come on, the way she was selling that bullshit, I was like, Rena, you're a better actress than this, okay? I'm watching that Days of Our Lives spinoff on the Peacock. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Rena's on it. And she's great. I like when Rena's acting. And so then when I see her on the Beverly Hills Housewives and she's doing a performance like that, I'm like, come on, Rena, this is the worst. She didn't even seem that drunk. She was just shouting with that fucking bell. Again, I say they gave, they gave the loudest person in the cast and in the room that be- fucking bell. thought that was a mistake. Uh, but Rena's a better actress than that when she was trying to sit down with Garcelle and say, I didn't know what happened. What was going on? She's shouting. There was one time, too, when they were having that party at Garcelle's. And Rena arrives. And the thing that's bothering me about Rena getting to these events, the first person there, like when she's she's there and then everyone else is arriving, it's like every person that walks through the fucking door, we have to hear her just shout like, Dory! Like, that's what we hear from Rena. And I'm, it's like, I got a headache. I'm sorry, but like, we don't need you to shout. It's like, we're in Price is Right and you're yelling, come on down every time someone enters through the door, Rena. Like, enough. We can see them. You know what I, you guys get what I mean? When Kyle walks through a door, the camera person shows us her walking through the door. I don't need Rena in the corner being like, Kyle! <laughs> come on down! I don't know why I'm picturing Rena hosting Price is Right or being the announcer or something. But that, you get what I'm saying? Like, we don't need that level of loudness. I'm sorry. I just gave you that level of loudness in your ears. I'm sorry if you were. Sometimes people tell me they're trying to listen to this show, Everything Iconic, while they're sleeping. And uh, I get it. It's frustrating. But that's what Rin is doing every time anyone enters. So then, uh, let's see. When Sutton stormed off that time, though, Crystal agreed with Erica, too. And Crystal's quickly losing me. I thought she was being an asshole last week when she was saying, oh, we don't know this person. and No one knows who Sutton is and stuff like that. And then this episode, when she was like agreeing with Erica, and it was like, Erica's being so rude. I don't know. Garcelle did. Garcelle's got a lot brewing underneath the surface, too, and a lot of it's coming up. It's bubbling up with Kyle and Garcelle. It's bubbling up with Rinna and Garcelle. Garcelle's not taking anybody's shit. And I'm ba da ba 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 loving it. <laughs> I am ba da ba 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 loving it. Uh, Kathy does say Patrick's never experienced anything like this in his 50 years. And I believe that. I believe that. Then let's see. Oh, so we cut to the next day. We get that scene where Garcelle and Rinna sit down and uh, Rinna pretends she didn't know anything. Also, it's revealed that Rinna brought Harry's sauce over to Garcelle, which I thought was nice. I'd like to try Harry's sauce. Ladies, am I right? <laughs> so I thought that was nice of him. But these two just can't get along. And Rinna said she didn't remember anything. She said it's up to them to figure it out. And she says, sounds like it was horrible. I'm like, you're lying. Then Garcelle says, look, you and Kyle, Dorit and Erica, you guys look out for each other. And then the rest of us are on this other island by ourselves. And Rena's just like, oh, I'm sorry you feel that. Rena was doing like a, a lot of, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way work. And that was bugging me because I'm like, Rena, listen to what she's saying. She's telling the truth. And obviously these two hate each other, right? Like Garcelle hates Rena and Rena hates Garcelle. The two of them can't stand one another. And they could try to pretend like they were friends in another lifetime. I don't even believe they were friends before the show. I feel like they show us that one photo of them from like 2009. And it's like, we're supposed to believe they've been friends for 20 years. It's like, they'd have never been friends. They took one photo at an event together. And that's what we're pretending. But they definitely, with every ounce in my being, I believe they hate each other. They hate each other so fucking much. And then... um Rena says, look, if, if we're going to be nitpicking, then I'm going to be uh, telling you that I'm mad you didn't thank me for the sauce. And it was just so weird. They just ended the scene where it's just like, okay, great, good. 
okay. <laughs> then they moved on, which is like every Rena Garcelle scene. We don't get any real resolution. They sort of both agree to the fact that they're going to be nicer to each other or something, but then they're not. And that's because they hate each other. So then uh, we cut to this scene with Kyle and Sutton. They're at a place called Bonham's. And uh, my I, my boyfriend was watching this, and he thought the word on the um, door was bottoms. And I was like, asking him as I'm taking notes, I'm like, what did it say? He's like, oh, bottoms. And then I saw the sign again. I was like, that's Bonham's. It's not, <laughs> it's not bottoms, Matt, but I see where your brain is. Anyway, then uh, they're just walking around. It's like an auction place. They're previewing some of the items. And they're kind of fighting playfully over these really expensive items. I like Rich Kyle. Have you noticed, you know, early on in the Real House of Beverly Hills, Kyle wasn't as rich as she is now. And it's fun seeing her be rich. But to all of these women, I say, watch out, because you never know what could happen. All this stuff could come and bite you in the ass. You know, you're bragging about all the things you're buying and the price tag and everything. And in a couple seasons, uh, you could be on Broadway in Chicago patting the puss, and then all of a sudden, there's a pandemic, your husband breaks up with you, and you're suddenly in all these lawsuits for the money you bamboozled from orphans and widows, and then people will dig through the footage of you on the show and all of the things you bought. So you need to be careful, because law and order will come for you. So careful what you're buying on these shows, Sutton and Kyle. I'm just saying. Trying to give you some friendly advice. Although I like watching it. I do like watching it. So then Sutton and Kyle kind of get into it. I don't get why... Okay, I do think that Sutton, behind Erica's back, says all these things. And I think all of the women agree with everything that Sutton's saying. And then the other women get mad that Sutton doesn't go as hard on Erica when she's in front of Erica. However, I just think that's normal human nature behavior. Like, obviously, Sutton's not going to be like, hey, you dumb bitch. Or, you know, maybe that's the wrong language. But I feel like that's what they want Sutton to say to Erica's face. And it's like, Sutton's not going to say that. It's human nature. She's going to be at least like sort of cordial when she's trying to say these things and it's like kyle's like you didn't say it the way you told me when we were hanging out at your house or something it's like yeah no shit kyle (laughs) no shit but at least sutton's saying something because everybody else is just sitting around licking her ass ah excuse my language i'm getting upset about this they're all scared sutton even said they're all scared of erica and they are kyle's like i'm not afraid of erica and that was kyle lying (laughs) <laughs> but I will say, bravo to Kyle because she's playing both sides of this flawlessly. Because she wants to be on either. She doesn't want to choose a side. She's going to come out right in the end. And that's because she's a pro. She's a television pro. You know, She's been doing this since she was a little kid. She was in the first Halloween. So Kyle knows what she's doing. So then we cut to that scene with PK and Dorit, which made me so happy. It was like a date night. And Dorit was like putting all this caviar and these deviled eggs and all this stuff out. And PK just started grabbing it and Dorit was getting so mad. PK, can you wait until I put everything out? This is a date night, Bubba. Baby, honey, Bubba, baby, Bubba, honey, date night. Don't just grab it. There's a lot of, there was a lot of baby work, a lot of Bubba work, honey. And then Dorit decided to give a toast, but it wasn't even a toast. She was just talking forever. It's like, wrap it up, Dorit. I bet you at this point, even those producers are like, Dorit, you need to wrap it up. You need to wrap it up. You're you're going on too long. This was supposed to be a toast, and Dorit's like, I gotta say, PK, I got my dress line, and I want to just toast to the dress line with this part. It's like, okay. And meanwhile, PK's just like eating. He's over it. He's over it. 
And then PK asks about Erica. And this was so good because PK points out that she could say she's sorry for the victims. And Dorit says she has. And then they showed the flashback. Those shady Bravo people showed the flashback of the only time we've seen Erica address the victims. And she, all she says is something like, uh, they'll have to, the victims will need to be taken care of. That's all she says. And so she doesn't really address the victims, but PK even says what we've all been saying is like, she could say she's sorry and feels bad about that, but she's not. And then he brings up her social media presence, which has been a disaster, a disaster. Eric Jane's social, the pretty mess has been a pretty fucking mess on social media. If you look at it, I mean, I don't even follow her and I see it, you know, cause people send me all this stuff all the time. And each post is more ridiculous than the last. And I, I guess she's got this lingerie sponsorships, which she's got to make the money. Good job. She's working, you know, whatever she's got to do to pay the bills. I understand that. But PK even points out, like, it's not even just those posts where she's selling the provocative lingerie. It's also in her captions and the way she's speaking to people. And look, PK's a manager. He does the, the Boy George stuff. So PK knows celebrity management. I'm not saying he's an expert, but he does have some sort of knowledge of it. He's saying celebrities need to shift. They need to pivot. They need to change course. And he says this is a time she should be changing course. And she's not. She's uh, posting things like the post. One of them said, got buffoons eating my, my, you know what, my Meredith Grey like cartoons, which is really a Lil Kim lyric. I believe that's Lil Kim. I, I hope I'm not wrong on that. I believe it was a Lil Kim lyric. But maybe you don't need to post that as your caption, Bamboozle Jane. By the way, that Lil' Kim lyric has nothing to do with Meredith Grey. I just replaced the word P-U-S-S-Y with the word Meredith Grey, uh, who's a wonderful character on Grey's Anatomy. Anyway, uh, PK points out her behavior, and then he also points out it's unlikely that Tom has Alzheimer's. Finally, somebody said it. Ugh. It's like all the things we've been wanting somebody to say. And I don't know why PK is the one to really leaning in. Maybe it's because uh, him and Dorit have secrets of their own. You know, my baby's got some secrets in that household. My baby's got a <laughs> Those babies got some secrets. Believe you me. I'm not sure what they are quite yet. PK said, you know, he's had some law troubles, but he said they're corporate troubles. Uh, but I don't know. We're going to dive into that. As soon as Bamboozle Jane's off the show, I feel like the focus is going to be on those two. But as it stands, this episode, I was really into PK. You know, I was calling for more PK. And then last week, they gave us too much PK. And now this week, I'm liking PK again. So we, we shift on a dime. We shift on a dime. Speaking of shifting on a dime, you guys, let's take a quick break here. And we'll come back with more recap of The Real Houses of Beverly Hills. Find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino. Go to everythingiconic.store for all Everything Iconic merch. And we'll be right back. All right, I'm sure a lot of you out there can relate because every time there's a commercial break and I'm watching one of my shows, I'm always hopping on the Redfin app or website because I just want to check out real estate listings. Like, I love checking out real estate listings, even for the houses that I cannot afford. It's my favorite app to use Redfin. Uh, I just got a home, of course, but it was a pretty stressful process. And if I would have known how easy Redfin was, I think it would have helped out a lot. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes and sends you personalized recommendations. So finding the home that's perfect for you has never been easier. See something you like? Well, book a tour straight from the app. And when you're ready to buy an experienced local Redfin agent, 
can guide you through the whole process, making it so easy. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents know how to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents with a listing fee as low as 1%. Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards your next home. Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Before we dive back into The Real Hustles Beverly Hills, I got to say about this movie. On Apple TV or Apple TV Plus, it was called Coda. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Coda, C-O-D-A. Look it up. You guys, it's fantastic. This is not an ad. It's just an excellent movie. I cried. It's beautiful. It's inspiring. It's uh, the kind of movie that we don't get to see made often, and I just want everyone to see it. C-O-D-A. A beautiful coming-of-age story about this family, a young woman who she lives with an entire family of deaf people. And, you know, there's such little disabled representation on screen. You guys know I always feel like we need more of that. And it's just beautiful to see. And it's a wonderful, excellent, fantastic movie. I cannot praise it enough. You have got to watch it. Coda, if you're looking for something just that will warm your heart, make you laugh, make you cry, all the good things, Coda, Coda, Coda. Coda, I feel like, Denise, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. Coda, Coda, fucking Coda. Go watch Coda. C-O-D-A. Why do I keep spelling it, you guys? (laughs) I like you guys can't spell. It's a good one. It's for the girls. Oh, that Dr. Pepper. Okay, so where were we? Oh, PK and Dorit, you know, they're having their date night, talking about Bamboozle Jane and the message she's sending on her social media pages. And again, Dorit says, well, that's her work. You know, she's dressing up in lingerie because she advertised lingerie. But also, I have to say that not all of those posts that she posts are ads. You can see which ones are ads. They have to tag them. I don't know if you guys know this. In a, a social media Instagram ad, they have to be tagged as hashtag ad in the caption, or they have to be tagged in the location. You can see where they can tag the company there. They have to be tagged in one of those two places. So check it out. Some of those aren't tagged. Some of those are uh, those posts she does are not. Even the tweets, too. If you go on Twitter, you see some of the things she says on Twitter. And it's like, Erica, what are you saying on Twitter? It's just disrespectful. And PK says he's never seen a worse response to what's going on. PK, PK, Papa, baby, Papa, baby. I don't know. I keep saying that. I'm sorry. I can't help it. That's just what plays in my head all all day long. I hear Dorit's voice in my head just yelling, PK, Papa. Okay, what else? Oh, artists. Uh, what did I write in here? I wrote artists have to evolve. I don't know what the fuck I meant by that, but anyway. Uh, then we cut to Garcelle's dinner. She's doing a Haitian meal, and we see Erica doing glam. You know they showed it. They didn't show all the women in their glam, but they did show a quick clip of Erica and her glam. And I'm starting to notice. Uh, maybe I'm off base here, but I'm starting to notice like the Bravo editors turning on Erica even more than they did before. That's what I'm kind of thinking is going to happen. I mean, when they showed that glam, they didn't have to do that. They purposely added that in, and that was a real f you to her. Uh, you know, it was a real small moment, but it was a real f you to her. Which, oh, you guys, speaking of an f you, did you guys see the summer house? They're doing a Winter House spinoff. It's called the Winter House. It was going to be called some other shit, and then everyone complained, and so now it's back to Winter House. Anyway, the trailer came out, and the cast photo came out. And in the trailer, you see Kyle Cook, who's one of the cast members, been on Summer House forever. He's engaged to another cast member called Amanda. 
And they've been engaged for a couple years now. And in the trailer, it looks like Kyle's flirting with some other woman. And the other woman says in the trailer, like, Kyle's been flirting with me. And they show them kind of being playful or whatever. Ultimately, I think it'll lead nowhere. But my point is, in the cast photo they released, they have Kyle standing next to the woman he's allegedly flirting with in the trailer. And that is a messy Bravo person doing that. That is a messy PA coordinator. A uh, photographer, whoever that is that made that decision is a messy person because Amanda's uh, across the way from Kyle and Kyle's standing next to the woman he's flirting with. I mean, that's a real F you. And as a viewer, I loved it. But if I was them, I'd be pissed, you know, because they look like an idiots because <laughs> they really look like it. I mean, they've been engaged forever. And then here their employer is making them look like idiots in the cast photo. It's a very small thing, but you guys, it is an F you. Like you, uh, you can see it. It's pretty clear to me. And what it cracks me up oftentimes with these Bravo celebrities is that they can't even really say anything or complain because they need the jobs, they need the gig, and so they can't say like, "Hey, Bravo, like that's very disrespectful to our relationship that you're uh, putting this woman that I flirted with." Which obviously it's his fault first and foremost, Kyle, for flirting. If that's what happened, but still, it's like their employer's doing it. It's like still an F you, and it makes me laugh. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. But you know that I, and honestly, I would love to see the behind the scenes of filming that shoot because you know it was probably stressful. You know, Kyle's like, why are you putting me next to her? I'd imagine they did it after the, uh, the season filmed. Oh, you guys, the way that these talents are treated, <laughs> it's hysterical. And as a viewer, we thank them. We thank them. Anyway, where were we? Oh, Garcelle's dinner. Look great. Everyone's getting ready. Uh, Rinna keeps pointing out she's never had Asian food and she maybe had a, a conch and a taco once, but she's going to eat it for Garcelle because she doesn't want Garcelle to be mad at her about other stuff. And she arrives early. Again, that's when everyone else starts to arrive and Dorit arrives and Rinna's like, it's Dorit! Ah, ah, ah. Like Kath, like the Kathy comic just screaming, it's Dorit! Ah. And then they made a bet, too, that Dorit would arrive latest, and then she didn't. Oh, my God. Did you guys catch that moment? when? So they made a bet, Garcelle and Rinna, that Dorit would arrive last, and Garcelle lost the bet. So then later in the episode, Garcelle got $20, and she handed it off to Rinna in front of the whole group and was like, I lost the bet. Here's the 20 bucks." And Rinna pulls up the $20 and holds it up in front of everyone and says, I want you to donate to this uh, to whatever charity you want. Just give this to whatever charity you want. I think it was like a $20 bill. And Erica just kept screaming, give it to me, bitch. Give it to me. You know, I don't know what exactly she was saying. It had like a give it to me, bitch vibe to it, whatever she was saying. And she was reaching for it. And no one exactly knew what to do. I felt like a little bit uncomfortableness in that moment. Like the other women were all sort of reaching for the $20 too, to almost cover up the fact that Erica was reaching for it and pretending like she was a charity. Because in reality, like those victims should get that $20. Like Erica just came from Glam. She's wearing boots up to the, uh, her Meredith Gray. You know, the boots, they're not even thigh high. Those boots were all the way up, which by the way, I love those boots. I thought they look great. I'll be honest. Gotta give props. Whoever did, uh, that outfit, Bamboozle Jane was wearing, I thought looked great. But the people that should get the $20 are not in that room. They're not in there. And I wish, ah, you guys, it was wish. I was, screaming through the screen, screaming through the screen. I was thinking, I wish somebody would have grabbed that $20 and said, I'm going to go mail this off to the orphans and widows who are the victims of Bamboozle Chain and Tommy Two Tones. Could you imagine if Sutton said that? Ah, oh, you guys, that would have been a moment. That would have been a perfect moment. And honestly, we mentioned Kenya Moore. She would have done that. That's what she would have done in that moment. 
And that's why we need people like Kenya Moore and these housewives. Ah, but it was a little moment, but a beautiful moment. Anyway, they eat the dinner. Looks great. I love learning about the food. And Dorit started telling a long story and she's like, you guys don't want to hear this story. And then Kyle's like, yeah, not if it's going to go through dessert. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Everyone just talking about how Dorit talks too long. Her husband, her friends, like everyone's like, shut the fuck up. Um, then they're talking, uh, Kyle and Sutton are talking about their little fight because there was like an air quote fight, which was pretty stupid. But the point is, Erica, while they're talking about that fight, she's just scrolling on her phone. She says she's on the New York Times. She's like, I'm not interested. Then they all go to the living room. They all decide to mosey on over into Garcelle's living room. And this was weird to me. Garcelle's like, I'm going to pass out coats. So let's just break this down for at least 20 minutes. Now, they're in the living room. And it looked like the door, it's one of those indoor-outdoor living spaces at Garcelle's. So where they were eating dinner at the dinner table, it was sort of half outside, half inside, I believe. And when they moved in, I guess they didn't have enough time to close off that door because the table was sort of straddling that line, maybe. So they weren't able to close the door. So that must have been where the draft was coming in at. Uh, but I just couldn't help but wonder, they didn't seem cold while they were at the dinner table, and that would have been more outside. So when they moved to the living room, they were by the fireplace. Now, the fireplace is going, you'd imagine that would bring heat throughout the house, as well as some of the ladies' hot air as they breathe. You know some of those ladies have some hot breath. I'm not just... You know some of them have hot breath. I'm not sure who, but you know some of them have dragon breath. I'm not sure which ones, but you know, you're always in a room full of people. I don't know if you guys are like this at a dinner party, but you smell some hot breath. I've been to plenty of dinner parties a time or two. And I would encourage everyone, if you're going to a dinner party, you need to put some mints in your mouth because you don't want to be one of the people with the dragon breath. Do you get what I mean? It always happens in a group. You're sitting around, especially in the wintertime, and you're around a fire, then you just feel the hot breath on you. And so bring your Altoids, ladies. Bring your whatever mints, a Tic Tac. Make sure you brush your teeth. You know, I'm very into mouth hygiene. It's very, very important. You got to do the mouthwash. You got to do the... You got to clean your tongue. You got to brush your teeth. Make sure you're brushing your teeth for a long enough period of time. You know, the toothbrushes now, those electric ones, they time it for you. There's even fun little games. I got an electric toothbrush. It's got an app and you get rewards. I don't, you, you know, so there's things that you can be looking out for. You don't want to be someone at a dinner party with a hot breath because I, I could be wrong, but I think at least one of those women, maybe, which one do you guys think it is who has the hot breath? I'm not sure. Are any of them smokers, secret smokers? I bet one of them is a smoker. I'm not sure who. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh, so, oh, this moment. <laughs> so then Garcelle's like, I'm going to give everyone coats. And I was thinking, why are we giving coats? Is it really that cold? Because you're all by the fire now, and you didn't seem cold when you were basically outside. And then furthermore, I felt like there should have been enough time to close that window. But if not, wouldn't we have just turned on the heat? It seems so strange of a choice. And then also, wouldn't you grab blankets instead? I don't know about you guys, but I got tons of blankets in my house. We got to throw every five feet. You can't, uh, you can't stretch without grabbing a throw in my house. You know, I love a throw. I love a throw. Nothing better. Love a throw. Good throw. Those should be every a couple of feet. That's another bit of advice. I don't know why I'm doling out so much advice this episode, but aside from cleaning your mouth, you should also have lots of throws. <laughs> You also need to make sure you got lots of throws around the house because I just don't think you should have to be handing everyone a winter coat. Who am I? Maybe I'm looking too much into that, but it seemed like an odd choice to me. Then, oh, this was funny. They brought up that night that Erica wasn't invited to. 
Cause in the way they did it was like really the worst. It was so bad. They were like, Oh, Kyle, we love those yellow pants you wore. And then Erica's like, when did you wear the yellow pants? And then they were all like, Oh, you guys, sh-. Erica wasn't there. Like they were all acting like they were so surprised that it came up. <laughs> and it was like, you guys all had to find the easiest way to bring up that night. And it was so not sly how they did it. It's like, Oh, we love that night. Kyle wore yellow pants. Good for her. And then. <laughs> what are you talking about? Erica Jane kept saying, and then they're like, oh, it was the night that you weren't there. And then uh, Dorit and Rena and Erica leave. The house looked beautiful too, by the way. Garcelle's house. I loved all the candles lit everywhere, but I was concerned about a fire. I, when they were walking out, leaving the house, and I saw all those candles on the grass, I was nervous. I was stressed. I, I swear, I was like sweating. I'm like, this is not safe. I mean, there's already enough fires here in L.A. I don't need one started from the Real Houses of Beverly Hills because Garcelle's having a dinner party and lit too many fucking candles in her yard. I mean, it's enough is enough. They're going to have to send the feds towards Garcelle's house because she's going to start a big fire because all those fucking candles. I mean, it was too many. It was stressing me out. One wrong move. Those ladies, one of them uh, topples over wearing heels. And then the whole house is on fire. I'm just trying to look out. The whole house, you know, one one wrong move, bamboozled Jane tumbles in those uh, those Meredith Grey high boots, and then we got ourselves a fire, ladies and gentlemen. It's just something we got to watch out for. Got to watch out for. So then, oh, they all start to talk about uh, how Erica's not going to apologize to Sutton, and Sutton points out, she said, if anyone needs an apology, it's the victims. She's not wrong. And then Garcelle sort of confronts Kyle for for having a double standard, which is interesting. I'm loving that dynamic. And then Crystal, she reveals that her and Erica met. They did some sort of workout class or something. We saw a flashback to it. It wasn't an interesting enough scene for us to see in full, but they did show us a little flashback of it. And Erica revealed that she's not interested in making up with Sutton. She don't give a fuck. She's not given any fucks. Zero fucks. How many fucks does she give? Zero, 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 none. That's how many she gives about Sutton. And again, Crystal's losing me. She's losing me. I'm not sure I'm not. Although I will say she did look beautiful at this dinner too. And I love the moment where she sort of motorboated Garcelle. Did anyone catch that? It was a real quick moment when Crystal arrived at Garcelle's house. That won me over too. It was like she motorboated Garcelle and I was like, okay, I love you. I love you. Uh, okay, where were we at? Oh, and Kath wasn't at this party too. That made me sad. Miss Kath. Kath should be at every event, every group event. I missed her. So then what else is going on? Oh, that's the end of the episode. Next week, we get Kathy communicating with Sue. I miss Kathy in here next week. She comes communicating with her dog. She says they got a special relationship. Then we see Garcelle dating some hot man. We get uh, Tom's. Oh, that was when uh, Erica says Tom's house was broken into. He confronted the burglar and then needed eye surgery. And her son had to go get help. And then he rolled his car five times on the way home. Made no fucking sense. And I can't wait to hear more. I can't wait to hear more of that story. I want it all. Like Ashley Tisdale sang in the High School Musical sequel. I want it all. Was that in the sequel? I don't know. <laughs> Was that in the sequel? Remember those movies, High School Musical? Those were, those were movies. That's cinema, ladies and gentlemen. That's cinema. I feel like I've said that on this show before, but you know, I'm, I'm not wrong. And I've tried to get Ashley Tisdale on this show, by the way, because I love her. Um, and no go. No go. Anyway, um, then, oh, the the men get involved, PK and Mauricio. They say that Tom's still controlling Erica. And uh, they might be right there. I think they're onto something. 
And then we get Garcelle telling Dorit to shut the fuck up. You know, they're all tired of Dorit's talking in circles. They've had enough. Speaking of circles, did we talk about that moment in the in the bottoms auction area where Sutton was storming off and then she just was going in a circle in the auction place? Like she didn't want to leave. <laughs> she wanted to still be filmed, but she wanted to have a moment where she stormed out. So instead she just went in a circle. And that's why I love these women. I mean, they're really giving it to us. Uh, so that's the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Touch on uh, New York, I have to, just briefly. I, f- I felt like I just said that like Yoda. I said, touch on New York briefly. Why did I say it like that? I'm never having Dr. Pepper again. You guys, it's scary. <laughs> I'm not sleeping tonight at all. I feel it. I'm going to be up all night. I'm going to be up all fucking night. Anyway, New York Housewives. They had a weird episode called So That Happened, which is how we all felt about the entire season of The Real Houses of New York, I believe. And it was one of those very bizarre episodes where it's like they're really leaning into the common, uh, the comedy of it all. And they even gave us new taglines where it was like the dog taglines of the women. So each women's woman's tagline was something about the dog, which was, uh, it was fun. Here's the thing with this kind of episode. I think if you have a really good season and it's like a bonus add on to the season after we get a juicy reunion, I love these kind of episodes, right? Cause it's like a little bonus refresher at the end of a great season. But as it stands, we didn't even get a reunion. The finale I thought was not was boring. I thought the whole season was pretty not great. And so it was all anticlimactic. And then they gave us one of these bonus episodes that it was just like, I don't know what to do with it. And I know people like it. And you guys get mad. People get mad at me. They say, I'm being too hard on New York. And I'm sorry. It's because I love them. It's my, been my favorite show on TV forever. And that's all. And I know they'll come back and be great, but it was like, what was the choice to have this episode? And then, by the way, how many fucking scenes did they film with Martin? I felt like they had so much footage of Martin the Boxer. And they just really lean in. And I prefer when they leave us wanting more with those side characters. Remember Ray, you know, who's like, how do you know, you bitch? You know, that man from a few seasons back. I love that when we saw Ray, we wanted more of him. They give us a little tiny taste. And then for... uh, Years afterwards, I'd say, we need more Ray. But Martin, it's like they just leaned in so heavy to Martin. He must have been getting a paycheck because he filmed so much. They leaned into every scene. It was like, I know they couldn't film any places in New York, but was that like the only place they could film? Because we got so much footage of Martin. And I hope going forward, we just scale back on the Martin. Maybe one quick little scene a season or something is enough. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. And then also there was like some weird Sonia stuff where she ate a muffin with that was covered in ants. It was just covered in ants. She ate a muffin. It was like gross. So, and you guys know how I'm feeling about the Sonia stuff. We love our Sonia treatment, Morgan. However, uh, there was even a moment where she was talking about hiring her interns and she said something like, oh, he's gay. So he gets to the top of the list. But she said he just looked gay. Like she said from the photo, I'm like, I don't know. It was kind of, if anyone else would have said that, like Sonia gets away with it. And I know she does support the LGBTQ community, but sometimes something like that makes me cringe. And I was like, eh, it didn't make me feel great. I didn't love it. I was like, oh, this man just looks gay in one photo. And you're like, put him at the top of the list. Part of me likes it. Part of me really just cringes when something like that happens. I also wouldn't mind if Bravo started hiring more LGBTQ talent. I mean, in Summer House or Winter House, they added 700 fucking cast members. And I was like, you know, then and Vanderpump Rules last season added 100 cast members. They never add an LGBTQ person, but that's neither here nor there. The point is, New York City ended. There was also one of Ebony's friends got a confessional, too, which we never saw throughout the season. I don't know, it ended. And now there's rumors we are getting a New York reunion. People are saying we are now, but it still hasn't filmed. I don't think we need it, but maybe maybe it'll happen, it'll come, it'll be great, and we'll all be happy, and then we'll move forward, uh, and we'll see. Anyway, you guys, I love you so much for listening. Anything else I need to tell you guys? I want to thank Acast for all episodes of Everything Iconic. Go to acast.com slash everything iconic. Go to Patreon if you want to support this podcast, patreon.com slash everything iconic. If you donate $4 more per month, you get access to the bonus episodes. doing one a month, recapping Sex in the City over there, so thank you. Uh, to all of you who support, I have some very exciting announcements coming very, very soon within the next two weeks, I'd say. Two, three weeks. Very, very soon. I can't wait. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got for you. Let's take a deep breath in and do our cheesy little cool down. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Guys, I love you so much for listening. Uh, stay safe. Stay sane. Love you all. Bye-bye.